Why do you do this to me? Why? Why? Sorry, I'm an agent of chaos. <laughs> Welcome to Things That Got Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet and media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. And today we're super excited to have uh, from the space shuttle himself, uh, from Trivia Escape Pod, Ross. Hey gang, glad to be here. Super glad to have you here. Welcome to it. Yeah, we were just talking uh, a little bit about the show that had been and all the live stream stuff. And I'm kind of curious to learn what you're doing, especially with kind of quarantine still still kicking, unfortunately. Uh, well, every Tuesday night, we've got a live stream going. We've got players from all over the country coming together for two hours of trivia starting at 8 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays. We've got awesome prizes. We grew out of a, a pub trivia, and so the bar is still involved, uh, given prizes if our winners are local to the Chapel Hill area in North Carolina. But if they're not, we've got pretty great prizes that we send out. Awesome. That sounds awesome. Um, we did live trivia for years and years and years, both in Oklahoma and up here in Chicago. Um, and so we've actually missed that pub, live pub trivia quite a bit since uh, quarantine and COVID started. Me too. I gave up beer for quarantine. I thought that this would be like, okay, maybe a month and a half, two months. And then, you know, we would, everybody would go into lockdown and cooperate and we'd come out on the other side. And so I, I've stuck to it. I still have not had beer since March of 2020. Nice. Wow. I'm ready to get you to a pub. <laughs> that's amazing. Congrats on that. Yeah, well, that's great. you know, I'll, I'll drink a glass of wine here and there, but... I was going to say, quarantine's a weird version of Lent. Like, I didn't just give up <laughs> anything for quarantine. <laughs> well, I, I just like thought, in, in isolation, did I need to be uh, downing all those PBRs? Probably not. <laughs> in retrospect, yes, I needed to. I've been watching the events of the end of 2020 thinking I should definitely not be sober for this. <laughs> <laughs> Quarantine had a way of enabling some of those things, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, something else I've noticed during quarantine is I'm working from home now. Um, for those that don't know, I work at a law firm, um, but I work from home. I work long hours and um, to go through it, I like listening to podcasts, which I think all of you guys do as well. Um, and something, I hate them. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you hate them. That's why, that's why you're on this podcast. That, yeah, yeah right. and hosted one too. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's. So all those listeners know, yeah, this is why we do podcasts. It's because we hate them. <laughs> At times. Drop mic. It's really spike <laughs> casting. Spike <laughs> casting. I like that term. Anyway, so the, one of the reasons I was wanted to talk about it is because just uh, this week that I have noticed something interesting about my podcast listening habits. I listen almost exclusively to true crime podcasts. And I figured out why. And of those true crime podcasts, I have a very niche couple that I like, which is Dateline and 48 Hours. And I realized why. It's because Keith Morrison, Andrea Canning, Lester Holt, and Josh Mankiewicz have the most soothing and wonderful <laughs> narrating voices in the entire world. And I noticed this because... Josh Mankiewicz narrated like two Christmas stories that they released on the Dateline, which weren't even like true crime. They read like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And I was like, <laughs> I don't even care what the content is. I listen to this because their voices are soothing and nice to listen to. <laughs> Do you guys have podcasts like that or 
I was gonna say, I don't know who the other ones are, but Lester Holt does have a very nice voice. Most of the, so I was gonna say in to the voice thing, I just finished uh, the audiobook of Barack Obama's new book, oh, which also has a very soothing voice. Although I went up to like 1.5 speed because good Lord, that's like a 29 hour audiobook. <laughs> I, I, I just noticed it because it's like I space out my work is so mentally demanding that I space out when I'm working and I realize I don't even care what the content is I just need someone who's nice to listen to and whose voice isn't distracting so it's like any of you dateline narrators if you ever hear a podcast if you want to just like narrate I don't know reading the dictionary or an encyclop- <laughs> encyclopedia for me or you know read me bedtime stories I'm down I 100% want this that's actually what I was going to say is like, so what that reminds me of is there's a, I think it's a playlist on Spotify um, that's just basically like people reading stories about like nothing. Like they're just really simple stories of like this time a dude went to the grocery store and just like, you know, like it's just full of like deep nonsense detail or whatever. But they, along the same lines, they have like the most soothing voices ever and they're really enjoyable to go to sleep to. Um, they're yeah. like the best bedtime stories ever. And so I think there might be an app around it now, but I know that there's a playlist on Spotify and I highly recommend it um, as soon as I hunt it down. Nice. I know. What about you, Ross? What do you normally listen to? I think the voices that calm me the most are not necessarily soothing voices, but because they're like such a part of my listening life, they just immediately calm me. And that's um, Greg and Sharon from Futility Closet, who I just love. And then you're wrong about um, every time Sarah Marshall says she's writing a book on the satanic panic. I'm like, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that that sounds so familiar. Yeah. Yeah, you're wrong about is a cool one. Uh, I don't I I don't watch or listen to anything that like stresses me out. Like the only TV I watch is just the same Bob's Burgers or Parks and Rec over and over again. And when I listen to stuff, I normally listen to like video game podcast oddly although i listen to them more than i play like i'll sometimes listen to that as i fall asleep just because it's kind of it's something and i like a few of the shows that i listen to but it's just kind of nonsensical as opposed to listening to something that i'm like have to be paying attention to because like once i'm done i just want to like zone out with that stuff yeah. seconded completely one of my other favorite podcasts is not another D podcast i love it i think it's wonderful we've seen them live i think it's great I can't listen to them while I'm working because if I'm zoning out while I'm working, I have to go back 45 minutes (laughs) to see what I've missed. As opposed to these true crime ones, generally get an idea of what happens in between um, when I've zoned out. (laughs) So It's just, (laughs) yeah, murder. Same thing, and same thing with Critical Role. Again, very good. Requires so much paying attention that I can't listen to it. Well, I'm doing other stuff, which is the only time I listen to podcasts. Yeah. And yeah. Well, although I do do it while I'm uh, running around in Dragon Age when I'm just that's grinding. Fair. I just I like listen to stuff. I like the the few times I do play like video games or something simple that I could just kind of zone out on, like Rocket League or one of those kind of just arcadey games. I listen to a lot of either that Barack Obama audiobook I just listened to or. Uh, I spent a few weeks or so playing that while listening to Reply All, which is sort of like tech-based. This is going to be my pick at some point. I wrote it down, but tech-based, <laughs> like investigative journalism. It'd be kind of like the true crime, but if it was for tech or like crypto hacking or 
um, you know, tech um, stealing passwords and, and different random things around the internet and just internet culture. Um, really cool journalism type show. But uh, so I got into that a little bit for more serious stuff. But very cool. Anyways, before you zone out of this one, uh, we'll get to some trivia. And this is the 60th ever episode, which is crazy. Six zero. <laughs> Six zero. I'm enjoying this now. Sorry, I'm an agent <laughs> of chaos. <laughs> and we have four rounds here for uh, all, all of us are going. Got a head-to-head round-robin style. Uh, and we will uh, answer and earn points and vie for uh, all the soothing audio in the world. And... Uh, so if we're all ready, we'll start with Stu. Thank you. Uh, so yes, yeah, so my round is called Bandimals. Um, in this round, you'll be replacing the second word of a band name with an animal. Based off the hints I give, you should be able to distinguish the two-word band name as well as the animal for the mashup. Uh, and an example, an answer would be Puff Kitty instead of Puff Diddy. Um, so, already. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> question number one. I think you conflated P. Diddy and Puff Daddy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's just an added level of difficulty for this round. Yeah. Um, Whoops. (laughs) The rest of them make a lot more sense, I swear. Uh, Question number one. These ancient swimmers didn't go extinct even after a meteora crashed into Earth. Using their keen hunting senses, they moved one step closer to the top of the food chain. Admittedly, I'd probably faint or go numb if I was ever in the water with one. Ross? Ross. Lincoln Shark? Yes, correct. Uh, <laughs> Lincoln Shark. Oh my gosh. I'm embarrassed that I knew all the Lincoln Park songs. <laughs> I, <It's, laughs> I didn't have to look anything up for that one, so it's okay. <laughs> I knew the Lincoln Park one. I, I, okay, so I... Okay. I'm still trying to piece together the, the <laughs> animal on top of it, but I think I got it. Megalodon. Yeah, generally. <laughs> I was yeah, like I mean, ancient. I, yeah, I was like Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, and generally the, there, the, the animal will like directly, it'll rhyme with whatever the word it's replacing is. Um, gotcha. I guess I should specify that. That's my I, I got shark near immediately. And for all my love of Linkin Park, which I am not ashamed of at all. I didn't get any of the songs, and that I am ashamed of. I, I thought the Meteora would just mm-hmm. tip that off right away. It should have. It should have. Awesome. Well, that's two points to Ross, uh, kicking it off strong. And we'll move on to question number two. Standing hooves to horns, they aren't much bigger than both of us, and it's uncanny how much their screams can sound like human voices. But if you think selling one will make you a rich girl, you're, pe- you're pretty out of touch. Oh my gosh. I Can you repeat it? Yeah. Standing hooves to horns, they aren't much bigger than both of us, and it's uncanny how much their screams can sound like human voices. But if you think selling one will make you a rich girl, you're pretty out of touch. Ryan. Ryan. This can't be it. Is it new doubt? That is not, no. G- like GNU? Okay. No, it's not. No. <laughs> I can't, don't know if I have the animal right. Because it doesn't rhyme with the band. I don't know if I have either right. Okay. Any guesses or? No. Uh, 
This would be Hall and Goats. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so I was thinking of deer because baby like fawns when they scream for their parents sound like small children screaming bloody murder and it's terrifying when you step out on your porch in the middle of the night and you hear it for the first time. Yeah. I was That's thinking like I, I was thinking like the screaming goats, which was a pretty big oh, yeah. meme for a while there. Um I thought about ghosts or, or other similar things, but I thought it was either Gwen Stefani or No Doubt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Rich Girl was... I thought that that might uh, be the big one there to That's tip fair. it off. But. I feel like I should have gotten that because, you know, Holland Goats, all the kids are listening to them. <laughs> <laughs> no points on that one. Uh, and we'll move on to question number three. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I should paraphrase this one. Uh, it has a hyphen in the words so technically it could be a three-word band um which you'd be replacing the last word on or it could be a two-word band if you include the hyphen as one word uh okay. i'm not a uh english major um <laughs> so i don't know the technicalities there um but yeah so question number three i've got a feeling that these musical bugs will make you rock that body swarms of people come to see their performances from the beginning to the end of their show, they keep the club abuzz with great music. Ryan. Ryan. Is this the Black Eyed Bees? It's the Black Eyed Bees. <laughs> bees? <laughs> bees? Uh, very silly, but two points to Ryan. Uh, question number four. When given a ticket to fly, they travel in herds of ten or more but they're pretty chill for being such timid creatures. Most of them know just, I'm sorry, most of them know how to just breathe and go with the even flow. They don't pack light though. Most of them take three bags full when going on adventures just to feel alive. Oh my God, I, I know one of them. I know neither. Hopefully you can uh, distinguish one or two of those. Can you repeat it? Sure. When given a ticket to fly, they travel in herds of 10 or more. But they're pretty chill for being such timid creatures. Most of them know how to just breathe and go with the even flow. They don't pack light, though. Most of them take three bags full when they go on adventures just to feel alive. Ryan. Ryan. I have no idea what the animal is, but it rhymes. So is it pearl clam? Uh, almost. Um, if anybody else can get it, I'll give them full points. But if not, then I'll give Ryan half points. Yeah, I was, I couldn't get the animal either, but I thought maybe Pearl Ram. It's very close. Uh, I would actually probably accept Pearl Ram. Uh, I had Pearl Lamb, but you know what? Sheep, uh -oh. Ram, Lamb, it's all, uh, three bags full of wool. So, uh, oh. I will, I'd say, well, I mean, I'd say a point, I guess a point each there, uh, Point okay. to Ryan, point to Ross. Participation. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Teamwork. I figured I didn't know what the bag's packing was, but I was figured like if a clam has a pearl in it, then I don't know. That's yeah, <laughs> no, that's a really good point. No, three bags full. Um, Baba Black Sheep, which also black is the name of one of their songs. Wasn't sure if anybody would pick up on that double reference uh to both a sheep as well as the song name. Um such but, meta. <laughs> it's it's a lot of meta. Um <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, question number five. These small creatures make their home sweet home underground. They're pretty territorial, however, and have a wild side. So don't get close because they've got some looks that kill. 
one infectious bite from this rodent will certainly kickstart your heart and send you straight to Dr. Feelgood. I went through like four different bands as you were saying that. Oh, I've got the band. I just don't know the animal. These small creatures make their home sweet home underground. Ross. Ross. Motley Shrew. It is Motley Shrew. Oh, nice. Nice work. <laughs> nice, nice. Well done. Uh, yes, Motley Shrew. Uh, two points to Ross. Motley Crew is the first band I ever saw live. Is it really? It is. Nice. I did not have great taste in music as a kid. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> Pretty sure uh, the first the first pe pe person I saw live, I'm not even if it, it could be sure, shown as like a concert because everyone was sitting down nicely enjoying it was Kenny Loggins. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone was quietly sitting down, respectfully enjoying it, even though we sat in the back. I could hear perfectly, so I can't tell. <laughs> it's all right. My uh, first and only concert I've ever attended, which was like literally two hours beforehand, uh, was a Bad Religion concert. Uh, my bat, my Whoa. one of my best friends was like a super punk, um, and then was like, "Hey, I'm going to this concert. I have an extra ticket. Like, you coming with us? Sure, okay." <laughs> so, yeah, that's the only concert I've ever been to. Um, did you know oops. who Bad Religion were at the time? I or did because like of music? him. Yeah, yeah, I I did because of him. Um, but that's it. <laughs> it was so so. Um, <laughs> awesome. Uh, question number six, and the final question of the round. I've heard the rumors, and these large hairy beasts definitely follow their dreams and go their own way. They tend to go everywhere, though, especially mountains, which puts them at risk for landslides. Why they live in the Himalayas will always be a mystery to me. Ross. Ross. Fleetwood Yak. That is correct. Nice. <laughs> nice. The ever popular and elusive Fleetwood Yak. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, Ross killing it in the first yeah. round there. Nice. Yeah. That's my kind of humor right there. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. I thought that it would be appropriate after listening to the show and everything, so I'm glad that it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That is three points to myself, seven points to Ross, and Stu and Rachel just holding down the fort. It's nice here. Um, <laughs> and uh, to keep up the mood, uh, my round is also music-focused. But uh, in a different way, I've gone through um, the last 10 years of Tony Award Best Musicals. I have two of the top songs from each of those musicals. If you can get it after the first song, it's two points. If you can get it after the second song, it's one point. And after that, nothing. Okay. Ross, if you're unfamiliar, this is what Rachel does. <laughs> a lot. Let's do it. Um, fun fact. I was going to feel nice about Hamilton, but no, Hamilton is not in here. So. Well, now I can't take my shot. Ha. Uh. Ha. <laughs> um, question number one. One of the top songs is I've Decided to Marry You. This is going to go so poorly. <laughs> Ryan. Go ahead. Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia is much older than 10 years old. I will say that all of these came out for the first time in the last 10 years. They were not a, a musical production on Broadway before this. And the second question for one point is Poison in My Pocket. This might be the most obscure of them. <laughs> you know, I, I did have hopes. Um, 
You might have to go through like the entire soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, this one, I'm not going to go any further than this because then it'll just get weird. This is a gentleman's guide to love and murder, which I see zero recognition. <laughs> so this has nothing. is a well-planned round. <laughs> um, actually, Ryan, you've talked about this next one for question number two. I'm ready. So, um, and you know what? Um, I'm going to adjust this right now because I feel like it needs adjusting. I'm going to give you both songs. And if you can get it from both songs, you get two points. I am adjusting for difficulty. Um, Benevolent God. Sometimes. <laughs> the chaotic one. <laughs> yeah. Chaotic good this time. Um, the songs are Any Way the Wind Blows and Road to Hell. I talked Ryan, about you've this, talked huh? about. Yeah, you've talked about this in the last uh, week. Have I now? <laughs> and the only reason I was willing to move forward with this round. The Road to Hell is highly relevant to the title of this musical. Uh, right. <laughs> Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, the Book of Mormon? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, this, is, this is Hadestown. When have I talked about that? I don't even know what it is. You've taught. You asked me if I'd listen to it. I don't think so. You're the only person I talk to. <laughs> Fair point. Well, this is going smashingly. This might just be around where I talk to you guys about musicals. <laughs> okay, we'll learn it for next time. Question number three: The songs are "Hello" and "Tomorrow Is a Latter Day." Ross. Go ahead, Ross. Is that the Book of Mormon? Yes, it is the Book of Mormon. <laughs> well <Yeah>. done. <laughs> <laughs> you had it, Ryan. <laughs> I have tried to pick, also pick of the top songs, songs that could get you guys to the titles. As soon as you said that, I was like, hmm, that's punny. And I didn't think to answer it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm hoping this goes uh, okay, but two points to Ross there. Also, Question number... Sorry, nothing. Hello is was a painful clue until I noticed it was until you said Book of Mormon. And now it is very funny to me. <laughs> if there's a song just hello. called hello. Um, <laughs> question number four is uh, it, um, two of their biggest songs and starring the always amazing Billy Porter. Sex is in the heel and the history of wrong guys. Ross. Go ahead, Ross. Is Kinky Boots from the last 10 years? It is. Oh, Two points gosh. to Ross there for Kinky Boots. Nice. Dude. Unstoppable. <laughs> that was nice. Question number five. Um, this is what I think is the hardest question of the round, but there was a similarly made movie off of which this musical is based from around 2005-2006. So it might get you there. I will go ahead and just list off a few of the top songs they include falling slowly if you want me and say it to me now uh ross go ahead ross once this is once two points to ross there <laughs> oh my god i loved the movie it's a very good movie Never seen and last that. but not least this one made headlines when it happened there's been a whole bunch of products it's not hamilton um, but it's probably the second most popular outside of Broadway musical that's been in the last 10 years. And I'm just going to go ahead and read actually off the top four ones because I'm feeling friendly. 
Waving through a window. Sincerely me. Only us. Words fail. And actually, for treats, let's give you the fifth one, which is for forever. And it stars the amazing Ben Platt. That totally threw me off of anything I was thinking. Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. I'll say just to have a chance, but is it Les Mis? No, it is not Les Mis. Les Mis is not from the last 10 years. (laughs) Any guesses? I'm moving fast through this round because I realized (laughs) that it's even harder than my normal hard rounds. This is Dear Evan Hansen. I haven't even heard of that. I saw it a whole lot like when I would go to Barnes and Noble. It would have a whole bunch of stuff on it. Um, Okay. But sorry, guys, for the difficulty. But that's all right. That's okay. Satisfy my happiness with musicals. Musicals are definitely a uh, not well known spot in my book, but one I should learn more of. So. But regardless, that's halftime. Uh, the scores are Stu and Rachel just holding down the fort, myself with three, Ross with 13. <laughs> <laughs> just going off, but that's okay. Uh, I, I feel like I should give you one point because I would never have thought of the Book of Mormon, Ryan, except you had said it on the question before. <laughs> what was Ryan, it, you Clyde? can have a half point. No. <laughs> yes, no. yep. No. Ryan, Ryan a half point, point as um, as. The person who ran my round, you get a half point. <laughs> uh, also because this is um, spike casting. Ah, yes. Welcome to spike casting. <laughs> uh, what was it? On the Ladder Home or something? What? What was the name what? of the song? Wh- which one? The Book of Mormon one oh, that had ladder in it. On, on, a, on a Ladder Day, I think. Let me. Day. I just, I up. love the. I've never seen. Tomorrow is a Ladder Day. <laughs> Tomorrow is a Ladder Day. Tomorrow is a latter day. They also have things like um, All American Prophet. <laughs> that one actually uh, sounds familiar. I might have actually gotten it with that one. <laughs> that one actually surprised me. I, I guess I wouldn't have, not that I have, as we just proved, any knowledge of musicals, but that one I would have assumed was older than 10 years. But It way. was, I believe, either 2011 or 2012. Okay. So, for a chance for the three of us to get caught back up, uh, Ross, it is your round when you're ready. Fair enough. Well, as you know, on the Trivia Escape pod, I have a lot of time to myself. I'm in space (laughs) doing nothing. And so what I've started doing is writing screenplays. And I I think I'm very successful at it. (laughs) Now, you, you guys are probably thinking... It's really trite to write screenplays, A, because you should write musicals, and B, because Hollywood's (laughs) out of original ideas. And I'm not sure, actually, that my screenplays will change your mind about Hollywood being out of ideas. Because the way I do this is I will take an existing popular sci-fi movie, and I will change one letter in the title. And then I will write a new screenplay based on my title. And sometimes I'll borrow elements of their plot as well. So it's an existing movie, one letter changed in the title, and I'll read you the plot, you tell me the name of my film, and I'll give you a sample (laughs) so that you have a sense of how this works. So here's the plot that I wrote, which is brilliant. As a war between humankind and monstrous sea creatures called kaiju wages on, a former pilot and a trainee are paired up to make Texas barbecue. And that's the plot to Pacific Rib. 
Awesome. Yeah. So that's how this is going to work. <laughs> and I actually have like 150 of these, but I'm just going to give you six. <laughs> All right. Awesome. All right. Here is my first plot. The daughter of an imperial scientist joins the Rebel Alliance in a risky move to not just stand there and get to it as she strikes a pose. The daughter of an imperialist. Oh, Rachel, did you have it? Jedi, the fast order? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'll read it one more time. The daughter of an imperial scientist joins the Rebel Alliance in a risky move to not just stand there and get to it as she strikes a pose. There's nothing to it. You should get this one. <laughs> I, I like need to write down the name <laughs> so that way I can like swap out letters and like look at potential things. Um, I've changed just one letter in the title. It's only one. Can you read it one more time? I'm yeah. sorry. The daughter of an imperial scientist joins the Rebel Alliance in a risky move to not just stand there and get to it as she strikes a pose. And everyone dies at the end of this one. Oh, oh, Jesus. So is this just one property? Or is this a mashup? Yeah. Of, okay. Which one is that? Oh. Oh. I don't know where the movie ends. <laughs> um, when everyone dies. No, Spoiler well, alert. <laughs> like in the scope of the clue. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to kick myself when I hear it. I, I'm going to as well. I know. All right. I'm, I'm going to reveal this one. It is Vogue One. Oh, yeah. yeah. The old I Madonna which, lyric. <laughs> I could not remember the title of it. I was like, I know which one it is. I know the exact plot. I know how it goes. I can't remember the title to be able to replace letters. I did not at one point think of Rogue One in that was, all of the other Star Wars movies I was trying to cycle through. <laughs> I ran through all the titles except for the newer ones. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on to a second film. Kirk and Spock are shocked to discover that their nemesis, Khan, is actually a huge nerd. Ryan. Ryan. Is this the wrath of Khan? It is not. Oh, I thought like a con, like a convention, it would just be the wrath of Khan. <laughs> yes, second. Doesn't Khan have I an like H these. in it though? So you're, if you're swapping out K -A -H -N. one. K-A-H-N. <laughs> oh, yeah. you're right. It, one, swapping one letter doesn't make sense. I think Ryan was on the wrong timeline there. Mm -hmm. Can you read it one more time? Sure. Kirk and Spock are shocked to discover that their nemesis Khan is actually a huge nerd. I want to say Edge of Larpness, but that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mm. Star Trek movie titles. Because all of my. I can't. I can't get it out of anything that I have. Um, darn it. This is really frustrating me. I love these movies. Um, Rachel, I think I know how you feel about that Broadway musicals <laughs> round now. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ryan. No, I, I'm so this Ryan, what do you got? can't be right, but it's only the... Is, is it Info Discovery? Oh, <laughs> no. Star Trek I'm Info sorry. Discovery? Oh, no. Info just sounded slightly more nerdy. <laughs> yeah, this this one was Star Trek Into Dorkness. 
Oh, I, yeah. okay. Dark, so I was struggling there, and I was like, I was about to ask, like, can you let us know whether it's one of the new ones or one of the forty million old <laughs> ones? <Yeah. laughs> I I grew up watching them. I love them. I sh- I should have done that. Yeah, and you guys can ask for uh for more hints. Please feel free. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Other right. great though. Into, I, I it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't into discovery. I had into darkness at first. I think I conflated a few terms there. <laughs> Let's move on to number three. A hotel worker raised from infancy after being conjured by and rescued from the Nazis grows up to become a defender against the forces of darkness. He also hangs out with a fish guy. (laughs) There's so much silence. Um... So there's there's kind of an amazing scene in my movie where he's shaving off his own horns while carrying luggage. That's oh, my film. Um, oh, Rachel. <laughs> Rachel. Bellboy. It's Bellboy. Yes. Two points for Rachel. Oh. It was almost there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I was running through the list of heroes that were that had to do with Nazis. And I was like, not this one, not this one, not this one. That's I was thinking like. Inglorious dadsters or something. <laughs> <laughs> the fish boy threw me off. Uh, the fish guy, because I was thinking Aquaman then, and I was like, oh God, that's the wrong track. Here's number four. A botanist becomes stranded on another planet after his team assumes he's dead and must rely on his ingenuity to stay warlike and disposed toward war. I actually know this one, and I still can't piece it together. I don't know the movie title. A botanist who comes to love potatoes oh, um, becomes stranded. <laughs> I know what the movie is. I just don't know the title. Oh, my god! I know the movie, and I don't know the other part. <laughs> you want to trade these? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see here. So uh, he becomes stranded on another planet after his team assumes he is dead and must rely on his ingenuity to stay warlike and disposed towards war. Uh, and eventually a certain type of law is imposed because of him. Ryan. Ryan. Is this the marshal? This is the marshal. Oh, I, got, oh my gosh. I, I couldn't get to the title. <laughs> That's so frustrating. The Martian. <laughs> Speaking of audiobooks, that is a fantastic audiobook. Is it? Yeah, it's really good. Space Here, Pirates. Here's movie number five, and I'll apologize because this movie maybe is not as well known as the others. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, m- my movie, the original, of course, is super famous. The one. <laughs> uh, an officer for a security agency that regulates temporal travel must fend for his life against a shady politician who's intent on changing laundry detergents. Oh, God, I know this. Um... Can you read it again? Yeah, an officer for a security agency that regulates temporal travel must fend for his life against a shady politician who's intent on changing laundry detergents. Oh, I can't remember that. I think this one would definitely star Jean-Claude Van Damme if I could cast it. Oh, geez, I'm way (laughs) off then. (laughs) 
This doesn't star Joseph Gordon-Levitt? No. Okay. <laughs> I got nothing on this one. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this, this may have not been a greatest hit. That's okay. Um, I got nothing. Yeah, I don't either. Nope. Uh, this was Tide Cop instead of Time Cop. Oh, oh my yeah. God. I knew oh Tide. I knew I Tide, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I first thought it was Looper, and then you said Senator, so I thought you are I don't know why I thought you were trying to go with Hick and Looper. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a whole other movie. Right. <laughs> time right, Cop. Here's my last one, uh, which maybe this can't happen soon enough. <laughs> um, a robot malfunction creates tearful moments for unsuspecting vacationers at a futuristic adult-themed amusement park. <laughs> a robot malfunction creates tearful moments for unsuspecting vacationers at a futuristic adult-themed amusement park. Um, I'm going to know exactly what this is. As soon as like the first word comes out, I will say this: it's an old movie, but has been made into a television show over the last few years on HBO. Oh, um, okay. So I have the first part. Rachel. Rachel. I don't think I did this letter replacement right, and I might be wrong on the show too. But is it Best World? Um. So you got the right show, but yeah. not the right letter. I was focusing on, on the, the adult amusement thing. Ah, yeah, no, we're focused on the tearful. Oh, I know the premise of the show. I don't know why I was trying so hard to come up with a match for that part of it. Uh, oh, oh, okay. I don't know what you <laughs> That's where I'm struggling. I'm so sorry. Then, okay, ah! so when I did mine, I was like, it doesn't match the tearful thing, but it makes sense. <laughs> I can swap two out and create Weep World. <laughs> so I think that's close enough. I, Rachel got us halfway, so she's getting a point. And Ryan, you're going to get a point. It was Wept Oh, there World. it is. Wept oh, there it Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Waited in line all day for that. <laughs> Dude, I, I need to study more sci-fi movie titles. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I really enjoyed that, though. Like, that was brilliant. Yeah, I just don't know great. enough sci-fi titles. Oh, my gosh. Wept world. Wept world. Oh well, gosh. I've got Ryan with three and Rachel with three at the end of that round. Points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, yeah, Rachel with three, myself with six and a half, Ross with 13, and Stu just holding down the fort, uh, which is okay. This has been a tough game. Uh, I think this one will be a little easier, but uh, it is also... Uh, a little more geography based. Why do you do this to me? Quickly. Why? Why? <laughs> uh, this is this is world country money makers. I'm down. Where uh, I have I have a uh, a product or a country that is um, a small but not insignificant or sometimes a very large portion of a country's GDP and their gross revenue. So there's some interesting stuff in here. Um, you'll be able to tell quickly by the clue whether you need the country or you need uh, the product. Okay. Um, but yeah, so call out when you know it. Question number one. 
This top-level domain, .tv, as in twitch.tv, makes up nearly 10% of what island nation's yearly revenue? Rachel. Ross. Ooh, I think I heard Rachel just a hair early. Tuvalu? This would be Tuvalu. <laughs> it's like on my top 10 list of places I want to go just because it's an itty-bitty country. And it sounds cool. <laughs> that would be the island of Tuvalu has uh, the license or whatever it is the authority of the dot tv domain which has caught on with the likes of twitch.tv and other stuff and uh has made up nearly 10 percent of their gdp which is crazy uh they're also on- like a really 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 tiny country yes. yeah uh yeah so two points to rachel there question number two which landmark site is the peak of tourism for the country of Nepal, accounting for nearly 8% of GDP in 2018 and more than $2 billion in revenue in 2019? Rachel. Rachel. Mount Everest. This would be Mount Everest or Everest Base Camp or anything there and of. I like this round. <laughs> <laughs> you, found where, you found where I do well. This landmark site is the peak of tourism for the country of Nepal. Yes, that would be Everest. Nice job bringing in a significant amount of money and a very dangerous profession for the Sherpas and the route leaders who, who do that, either the base camp or for the, uh, the summit. Yeah. But oh, yeah. they make a significant amount of money, especially compared to uh, the Nepalese economy. Uh, two points to Rachel there. Question number three. This one will be a fun one. Believe it or not, false teeth or fake teeth are one of the largest exports of this small double landlocked country, supplying over 40% of Europe's and 20% of the world's market for this. Fake teeth or false teeth for this small double landlocked country, supplying 40% of Europe's market and 20% worldwide. I don't know what double landlocked means, but I'm going to take a stab at it. Sure, Ross. Is it Luxembourg? Uh, it's not Luxembourg, but you're on the right track. Double landlocked is, well, like landlocked is just when uh, there's no, no side of a country or like no area of a country that has access to any sort of like ocean or whatever. Yeah, so basically two um, entire rings right. before then, touching water. Yeah. And then the countries surrounding that don't have access to the ocean, oh. uh, to an ocean or a port right. or anything like that. Uh, it's... You've talked about the countries that are double landlocked on a different part of the show for a different question. And so that's what I'm trying to run through. Rachel? Uh, Rachel. Um, Belarus? Not Belarus. You're on the right track with 40% of Europe, I'm hoping, tips you off to Europe. (laughs) (laughs) Believe it or not, fake teeth are one of the largest exports for this small double landlocked country supplying 40% of Europe's and 20% of the worldwide market. This would be a tough one. Your only real clue is double landlocked and uh, not necessarily fake teeth. (laughs) Unless you have an intricate knowledge of European dental knowledge. (laughs) Surprisingly, I don't. (laughs) Um, Can I take another guess? Uh, Yeah, since I don't think Stu is going to. Okay. I don't recall which one of these two it is, so I'm going to just take a wild guess because I'm pretty sure I know what part of Europe we're talking about. Is it Slovakia? It is not Slovakia. Is it Slovenia? No. Darn it! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is the country, the tiny, tiny country of Liechtenstein. Oh. 
export nearly 40% of Europe's market for false and fake teeth. Uh, so no points there. Question number four. Speaking of small nations, this country, considered the oldest surviving republic and sovereign state in the world, derives a sizable share of its income from the sale of postage stamps to collectors around the world, the first being issued in 1877, showing Mount Titano. Rachel. Rachel. Um, San Marino. This would be San Marino. Nicely done. Uh, I like countries and history. <laughs> postage stamps. And postage stamps. Yeah. All right. Uh, two points there. Question number five. Both of the top two export countries of cacao, who sit side by side, produce over 70% of the world's supply, benefiting from the geographic advantage of warm temperatures, equatorial humidity, and ocean access. Name either of these two countries. Rachel. Stu. Uh, Rachel. Cote d'Ivoire? Yes. Cote d'Ivoire, the Ivory Coast, is one of them. Two points there, but for no points, any idea on the other one? They sit side by side. The other one would be Ghana. Okay. So oh. both sitting on the Horn of Africa, yeah. uh, having um, advantageous access to waterways and the ocean, as well as being within the uh, the right near the equator, right near the equator, uh, producing over seventy percent of the world's cacao and wow. cocoa bean. So two more points to Rachel. Yeah, uh, I like this round. <laughs> This we'll is, call it this a is not usual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, question number six, the last question of the game. While historically a Scottish stronghold, Japanese brands like Yamazaki and Hibiki have become well-regarded favorites for collectors of what export? Ross. Ross. Scotch. Uh, I will take scotch. Uh, or, or whiskey. Yeah. Or whiskey, yeah. yeah. Japanese whiskey. Wow. God, I feel like actually scotch totally couldn't have been right since it has to be well, from Scotland. <laughs> Scot oh, take me out back and flog me for that one. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, but fair enough. Uh, and whiskey, uh, I think without an E in it. I think whiskey with an E derives it's either from, I think, Ireland or Scotland. Oh, And there's some... There's a lot of like really strict rules in Europe for like if you're gonna call something Scotch, it has to be from Scotland. If you're gonna say like whiskey, it has to be from other places. If you're gonna call something Champagne, it has to come from the Champagne region of France. Like, wow. even though they might all fall in the same family, if you call something something, it means it comes from this place, even though they're in the same family. Yeah, I think. Kentucky Rye and ones in the States as well have similar parameters. But yeah, that is the end of the game. Uh, the scores are as follows. Stu just holding down the fort. <laughs> not, uh, not my night. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, myself with six and a half points and then getting really close, 11 to 15. But Rachel with 11, oh. Ross with 15. On that, Could have tied it on the last question. But uh, nice job, Ross. 
Nice job. Uh, thanks. Nice so, job. Congratulations, too. <laughs> fun, fun game there. Uh, but yeah, that is the end of the game. So we can get on to some picks where each episode, a couple of us give a game, a movie experience, something cool like that. We recommend you check out. And uh, Stu, today you have a pick. I do. Uh, I know it's it's an older game. Uh, I think it came out in like 2017. Um, but my game is uh, to- Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker. Uh, my son just got it for Christmas and it's uh it's for the switch it's a really cute like puzzle game um you know it's very simple it's a pretty calm game uh but play as toad uh, and you try and solve like a couple of different like interlocking puzzles um on this small like floating world uh for each level and it has like secret um secret puzzles that you can do in addition to the main one in order to fix and solve the level and uh, it's co-op uh like couch co-op it's really good couch co-op um and a lot of fun it's a pretty simple game but honestly there's a lot of content there and it's just a blast yeah this looks really fun i once i saw it again i remember this coming out but i think it just was kind of a smaller game and i kind of forgot about it but this seems like a kind of game that i would love yeah it's like 30 dollars too so it's totally worth the price because you know, it, it actually has a lot of content. The more secrets that you unlock, the more content you get in the game. Um, and it lasts way longer than you'd expect it to, which is nice. really nice. It looks a lot like Mario Odyssey. And it yeah, looks like it, it shares a lot of those assets, but it's just a puzzle game. It does. Um, and they use a lot of the same sound effects too, uh, which I've noticed while my son is playing. Oh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I could totally see that. Uh, very cool. Uh, Ross, you have a pick as well. Uh, yeah, I'm, I want to recommend a book by Carl Bergstrom and Jevin West. It's called Calling Bullshit, The Art of Skepticism in a Data-Driven World, which, you know, just seems like uh, with the proliferation of bad statistics and bad numbers and misinformation, you know, it's, it's a useful book. Yeah, it sounds very <laughs> topical and very handy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, very, very handy. Yeah, it's got, I mean, it's got some cool stuff. Uh, it's definitely two professors writing it. So <laughs> it, it feels like a college course at times. I think it was a college course at the University <laughs> of Washington at some point. But there's also some, some really handy stuff just in terms of like, you know, you read, like if you ever see USA Today, like you're in a hotel and they stick it in front of your door or whatever, uh, and they have those terrible infographics, uh, they do a whole thing just taking down bad infographics, which is to me very amusing yeah <laughs> yeah i mean there's so much that just goes into to create a narrative uh that's really cool I uh, those are always out. really fun yeah yeah definitely so yeah we'll have links for both of those in the show notes uh that's really cool but yeah and if you're listening at home you have a pick or a round topic which i know i'm excited we're gonna have uh some more guest rounds coming in pretty soon uh email those at things that wrong at gmail.com also check out the website things wrong.com for all the past episodes show notes and more uh, the next episode will come out around mid-February, so keep an eye out for that. And uh, thank you to the team here, Stu and Rachel. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. And uh, Ross, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, I hope uh, you guys will come hang out at one of our live shows sometime. You can get information on that at TriviaEscapePod.com. And uh, we're live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Nice. And uh, where, so the website, where, what's that normally on? How are you doing live trivia? Uh, we do it over Zoom. Okay. Oh, nice. nice. Okay. Yeah. We're, I know we've been talking. We'll, we'll figure out a way to get on soon and, and do some cool rounds or some guesting or something. So, absolutely. Yeah. I would oh, my God. I would love to have you all there. 
Yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for coming on again. That was super fun. And uh, so be sure to check out TriviaEscapePod.com and uh, everything else we're doing. And until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye, everybody.